Memphis, Tennessee, it's Memphis Sport Live. Now, here's your host, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. All right, welcome back to MSL. Thanks for making us a part of your Saturday. It is high noon. Usually we play Hang Up and Listen. We're not playing Hang Up and Listen today. We will play it again next week at noon to give you a chance to win some great prizes and speak your mind. But uh, this week, Dustin Starr's in here a little bit early because we've got a very special guest coming up. He's coming back to Memphis Airwaves. This is uh, a guy, both Dustin, like you and I both are two guys who are maybe part of that last generation of folks who grew up on Memphis wrestling. Oh, yeah. Around 30 years old, and we grew up watching Memphis wrestling every Saturday morning uh, uh, our whole lives, right? You hear so much about Jim Ross, Gordon Soley. You know, people talk about Jerry Lawler behind the broadcast desk, but we grew up every Saturday morning to the voice of Lance Russell on Saturday Morning Wrestling. Uh, for over 40 years, he did broadcasting, and he, like you said, he's been on numerous stations. We all remember him from Channel 5. He actually called one of my matches. I can't find footage of it anywhere. Huh. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Memphis Airways on Saturday morning, the legendary voice of Memphis Wrestling, the one and only Lance Russell. Hello again, everybody. Lance Russell, right along with Dustin Starr and Kevin Cerrito and whoever else is going to be here. Man, it's good to be back on HBQ Radio. I used to be here right here, guys. How are you today? How are you doing today, Lance? <laughs> I couldn't be doing better. You said? I did, well, the only thing, I guess it's a, it's a plus in some places, and this is one of them. We had just a little sprinkle of rain, and rain has been hard to come by. We've had such beautiful sunny weather, and uh, I'm down in uh, uh, right next to Pensacola, Florida, in Gulf Breeze, Florida, is where we retired to, and and um, here we are, waiting to get back home, right there on WHBQ. You know, I was a DJ there for a long time, as a matter of fact. Not, nothing uh, like the sports show that you guys are doing. I was playing the records with Wink Martindale and Ray Brown and Dewey Phillips and all those guys going back to that era. Goodness gracious, when you said I'd been broadcasting here for 40 years, I started to feel old almost. But you're not going to talk me into it. All right. Uh, there's so much we want to talk to you about, Lance. We appreciate you you, you joining us because you are the voice of Memphis Wrestling. I mean, there's nobody else that, that can be put up there. It's you and it's Dave Brown. And yes, I wanted, sir. I wanted Don't to forget Davey. Dave, who is, is still on television in Memphis each and every night on Channel 5. I want to talk about, about your partnership with Dave. How did that get started? Well, it ended up Dave was uh, from Trenton, Tennessee, and he uh, he went to Memphis State. And uh, while he was going to Memphis State, he did the all-night shift at WHBQ Radio, playing rock music and all that kind of stuff. And... Uh, so I, I was, uh, at the time, director of programming at WHBQ Television. So we were in the same building, and I saw Dave all the time. He's a really straight guy, and I really liked him. And, and I mean, he's just a guy you could, if he told you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot of that breed running around these days. And um, so I ran out, I had a bunch of co-hosts on uh, championship wrestling on television and I ran out and uh, needed one and I thought boy he would be a dandy if I can talk him into coming into it he wasn't doing any television so I asked him and um, he he uh, thought about it for a little while and didn't know whether that's exactly what he wanted to do to start on a wrestling program like that and, and we uh, ended up um, coming up with a solution to it that, yeah, let's do it. So Dave and I started it then, and we went like 25 years straight, and we were doing it every week and enjoyed it. And so Dave, every week that he went uh, by, he picked up more and more experience and just an outstanding performer as well as being uh, a very great friend. So um, that's how it all got started, and uh, he's still going today, and I'm shoot sitting back down in there in the, the Gulf, 
heels in the water and the head up there in the sunshine. <laughs> he, yeah, you've been retired since the late 90s. Dave Brown is still going. Will he ever retire, you think? <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> oh, no, right. I agree with you, yeah. yeah. Listen, I, if I were Dave Brown and I was sitting there and every time they ran one of these uh, program surveys to determine who the people were watching uh, on television and all that, and it came up that Dave Brown was the outstanding news personality and has been for the last 142 <laughs> years. Oh, man. Uh, I believe I'd keep doing it myself, too. Well, you've... Uh, you've I'm not kidding, o- Davey. I know you're not that old. <laughs> Well, you've worked with a lot of people, and um, one of the things uh, when we were kind of doing the research, Georgia actually merged with Memphis at one time, and you sat at the broadcast desk with one of the other greats of all time, Gordon Soley. What was it like yes. working with Gordon Soley? And then the second part of that question I just want to ask, as a broadcaster yourself, who else do you look at as the best behind the desk? Well, the I'll start with that, if you don't mind. Sure. I'll start with that first and, and tell you that, I think that the best um, that I that I know of was uh, Charlie Sullivan, and I've said this before. And, and for the old time Memphis fans, they, oh yeah, you remember old Charlie, little fat Charlie? No, no. Let me tell you, this guy was one of the most versatile and outstanding announcers. And I'm not talking about just doing wrestling. Charlie could do anything. You ask a lot of the guys that went to. Uh, uh, Alan Burns, I think, uh, left and went to CBS Radio in New York, and and all you ask the guys who they learned the most from and and admired the most, and it would be Charlie Sullivan because Charlie was an outstanding announcer, and he uh, happened to do wrestling, and that's who I started over here with. I had worked for Nick Goulis and Roy Welch, the promoters in this particular uh, southern area and uh, the whole southern area, and. Uh, and and then they started it switched from channel 5 over to channel 13 where i was working as an a staff announcer doing the late show they used a live host on the on the movie at nighttime and um so since i had done wrestling they put me with charlie on saturday night and i got the chance to work with him and that was great experience so uh he's he's a name you don't hear anymore but he is certainly the best that I think that I know of. And I've worked with a lot of good guys. Gordon Soley, it was an absolute hoot because Gordon and I had been telephone friends for some time when the wrestler would be uh, in Florida and coming up to the Memphis area for championship wrestling. Then um, what would happen is we had to have, have an interview from him. Uh, uh, if he was a bad guy and he was... He was doing a, a bad interview or something. We would uh, uh, get a hold of Gordon. I'd talk to Gordon and go, "Can you get me a interview with the big bear down there?" Yep, he'd get one and send it up here. And the same thing happened from wrestlers that were going from Memphis down to uh, Florida. I would do the interview, and so Gordon and I had occasion to talk to each other on the phone, uh, not infrequently, and and got to be friends over the telephone, never had met each other. And uh, I went down there to see a station that they were trying to get lined up in terms of uh, carrying championship wrestling and got to meet Gordon, and then the friendship grew, and Smokey was his wife, and she was such a doll, and and it was it was great. And then when I went with WCW, uh, uh, Turner Broadcasting, and went down there to do the wrestling down there. And uh, ultimately, that Jim Ross was down there, and Tony Schiavone, and uh, Gordon Soley, and Leah Trussell joined the herd. And it ended up where they put Gordon and I together doing uh, a lot of the uh, radio and that type of thing, uh, because they already had the television team set. And uh, I guess they wanted those young, spirited guys <laughs> like Shivani and Ross and so on. Gordon and I got to work together, and that was that was a, a dream because I enjoyed Gordon, and he and I thought a lot about uh, about the same thing and how it how it should be done. You should tell what you're looking at and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, so that that's how it happened with Gordon. And it was a genuine thrill to to work with him, and 
Um, that, that's, so there you go. Yeah, that's the who's who. I mean, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Gordon Soley, Lance Russell, and that brings up another question of you going to WCW, and then you came yeah. back to Memphis. So yes. can you shed a little light on that story, going to WCW, and then how and why you came back to Memphis? Because it was, it was huge any time Lance Russell came back, you know? <laughs> well, the, the honest truth of, of, about the matter, when I went down to Turner Broadcasting, and, and left Memphis. It was not an easy decision to make because this was my home. I loved it here, and the people here are just the very best in a lot of respects, and certainly one of them was as far as being wrestling fans. They were just sensational. And so it was tough to leave, but, uh, hey, I was through. I was, I was, are you ready for this? I was over 65 when I went down to Turner Broadcasting. And so this was kind of, like something that I wanted to do, and if I didn't do it now, I'd never get it, and I did do it, and I had no intention. I actually stayed a year longer than I thought I was going to, uh, that that uh, my wife and I had thought we would stay down there. We kept the home in Memphis and and, and lived in, in Atlanta because uh, I was traveling a lot. I did in the way it was originally set up with them. But I ended up doing all the traveling, too, and so uh, that's why it was. And then I left, and when I left, where was I going? It's back where I had a home. It was my home, and that was Memphis. And so I came back here, and they were kind enough to ask me to come back and do the show, uh, continue to do championship wrestling. I had a little, you know, four-year breakaway in there, and it... it, uh, it was good to get back, and I enjoyed it a lot. It was a little bit different than before I left, and um, still, it was it was fun to get back. And then ultimately, uh, called it quits and came down to Gulf Breeze, Florida, and here I am talking back to Memphis. How does that always happen? <laughs> All right, Lance Russell is joining us. Su like like we need to to give that introduction for this voice uh, here on MSL. Uh, Lance, while we're on the on the topic of uh, uh, jumping around to different places. One thing that's always uh, fascinated me about Memphis wrestling history, and even Memphis television history, was somewhat changed when you and Dave Brown jumped from Channel 13 to Channel 5. You went with the wrestling show from 13 to Channel 5, and, of course, since then, Channel 5 has been the dominant force in, in Memphis news since then. And uh, Dave Brown, like you said, wins every award for best uh, weatherman and best news personality or whatever. Dave Brown's right. winning it. So it kind of changed the landscape of Memphis TV forever when you made that move. And I, I was wondering if you could tell people like how that happened, the jump from 13 to Channel 5. Well, it was not easy. There's no question about it. Um, the actual fact of the matter is that Channel 5 had wanted Dave for some time for the weather. I mean, who wouldn't want the best personality in in the city? And uh, so they wanted him over there, and and Dave um, was not working for nothing. And he was also, part of his uh, his income was based on wrestling, too. And so uh, he made the decision that, he needed to move on. He was a young guy, and uh, he, he was he needed to move on. So when it came down to it, Jerry Jarrett realized when they heard the first fill-in announcers that they had at the time, it was just, you know, it was unfortunate. Here were a couple of guys that they had never done wrestling. They had never done anything like that, as a matter of fact. And they just got thrown into it, and it was a very, very bad mix. And, and it, it, I tell you one thing: it made Dave and I look better than we really. No, I won't say that. It and so Jerry talked to me about it. I had a good position. RKO General that owned WHBQ at that time um, had had. Uh, treated me very very well and uh i was had been with him for 20 years as a matter of fact and and so jerry uh stepped in and and came up to the table and offered me uh, more money by a long shot or by some shots 
uh, and then WH, then General Tire and Rubber Company. And what the heck? Let's try something different. And so uh, I made the decision to leave um, a, a promising career and uh, went into a more promising and, and actually uh, went out representing Jared Promotions and trying to sell other stations on carrying championship wrestling. And it was a fact. I mean, who knew wrestling any better than I did, the, the, the television side of it? because I had been the programmer who was in, given the duty as to where it was going to play and find the best place for it and that sort of thing. So I went out on the road and started selling other stations and opened up Lexington, Kentucky, as a matter of fact. And, and um, uh, that, that kind of is the way it happened. It is, there's a lot more... Uh, intrigue to it and uh, then sounds like right there but it was a big decision uh, particularly for me uh, because I was in line as for uh, the position of general manager at WHBQ and, and it was something that was, it was not an easy decision but we decided uh, what the heck uh, let's do it to it and that's what we did, right? So, because at, at thirteen you had you had a, a nine to five office job uh, there, and to make that jump over to Channel Five uh, just to do wrestling, I guess wrestling was so big at the time that they could take you away from working wrestling and a TV job to just doing wrestling. That's a dream, well, dream job. Mind, <laughs> yeah, bear in mind now, Jerry Jarrett had a big promotion. He had taken over all of the territory that mm-hmm. Julius Welch had. And he, uh, he, he had, uh, outlets in Evansville, Indiana, and, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and, and, and a lot of other places, Bowling Green, and so on like that. And so it represented, and my, part of my job was not only to announce, but I traveled and called on stations and, and say, how about, uh, taking on championship wrestling? Look at these numbers. And there's no question about it. The numbers that we turned in at Channel 5 uh, were just outstanding. Nobody in America has ever had the kind of rating numbers that we had there. Right. Pardon me for patting myself. <laughs> Dave on the back. Hey, what else? We well, watched. But, but, you guys I mean, can't reach me, so I'll pat myself. Yes. <laughs> From the outside looking in, it's like, okay, Lance works Saturday mornings and Monday nights. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> It was more like instead of a nine to five job, it was a five to nine job. Was more like from five in the morning till nine at night. That's kind of the way it went. <laughs> and well, uh, but it was great. It was fun. Well, I've, I've asked you about the broadcasters that you were were your favorite. And one of our sayings around here in Memphis is that everybody who's anybody came through Memphis. But is there any any wrestlers or talent that did not come through Memphis that you would have liked to have seen? Uh, yeah. Well, now, I had, I had seen, uh, at one time, if, if they asked me, no, Ric Flair never did wrestle in Memphis. He did wrestle in Memphis, and it's been on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, I was watching it just the other day. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to see Rick, and, and he was with WHBQ. I mean, with WHBQ. He was with, uh, Turner Broadcasting. When I went down there, and uh, or came shortly thereafter, and he was one. Uh, there were a lot of other guys that I, I that we never did see that worked the West Coast and were outstanding talents, and uh, and and. But I, I had been fortunate, was fortunate uh, to work with many of them. My favorite of all of the guys in terms of people that. I thought represented, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyhow, was Lou Fez. I thought Lou was just the epitome of what you would say a world's champion was. Uh, Lou was about 6'4", he was trim as could be, had muscle all over his body, was very articulate, and he respected the position. When he traveled the world with the wrestling belt on, brother, he meant business and he was very serious and uh he 
he had the job of maybe one out of every ten guys that he got in the ring with were really capable of being in there with somebody as good as he was. Uh, but he he took the bad ones with the good ones, and he made the bad ones look better, and the good ones uh, he said thank you to. <laughs> and he was a tough guy, that's for sure. He was. He was something legit, else. legit tough guy. Absolutely, and just uh, just an outstanding. There have been a lot of other great wrestlers, and you know, to name one, I just got that out of the way because people are always, and I know they would be curious as many wrestlers as we've seen that they've seen some bad ones, good ones, and great ones, and uh, he was he was as great as they ever had, and uh, so uh, it was it was fun seeing a lot of these guys, and but nobody. Nobody make this mistake. Don't make the mistake of not believing this when I tell you that nobody had wrestling the way Memphis Territory had it. And championship wrestling in Memphis was just exactly what it said. When we talk championship, it was fun. People said, oh, you guys yuck it up and everybody's laughing and all this. And that's not real wrestling and all that baloney, let me tell you. You never saw them any tougher than they were here. Right. Hulk Hogan started going through here. I can name them Sting for crying out loud. And uh, uh, just there's just so many of them. And they all came out of here. They learned the hard way because they wrestled the hard way here in Memphis. And, and it was, sure, there was a lot of joking, and we had a lot of fun with it, and and all of that, but when they got down to it, let me tell you, it was just as serious as a heart attack. And whoop! Don't mention that word around. <laughs> <laughs> what about I, it now? I, I know Jerry Lawler said, "Please don't mention that." <laughs> what were you What were you doing when Jerry Lawler had his heart attack? How'd you ha- find out about uh, uh, that? Wow! When I found out about it, I couldn't believe it. I was called and and uh, and was told that Lawler had had this heart attack. And oh my lord, because I knew his dad. Uh, had died of a yeah. heart attack, and it was, it's in the family, I know, I've got a family full of that, and uh, so it was, it was a frightening, it was a frightening doggone thing when I heard it. I couldn't believe that he recuperated the way he did, and is back in the ring, and, and uh, still going at it, and doing it very, very well. He's, he's like Superman. Yeah, he's a Superman. For, I'll never forget that. I was sitting on my couch and my phone started going off. I think I was watching football and my phone just kept going off and blowing up and people calling. I said, "What is going on?" So I click over and uh, you know, about that time I had talked to some of the family and everything and just like you just could not believe it. Just sat there thinking, "Oh my goodness, yep. this cannot be true." On yep, live television. Yep. Well, well, it uh, it was it was uh, God's grace that he just came out of it and uh, is with us uh is with him and he's, today. He's, he's still wrestling. Is he going to wrestle till he's eighty-eight? <laughs> well, <laughs> he still has a mean right hand on him. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Got that for a fact. <laughs> and the heart attack didn't slow him down. Anyway, we're being joined right now by the voice of Memphis wrestling, Lance Russell. Lance, we got to take a quick break. Do you mind uh, hanging hanging around for us? I would love to hang around, and I'll. Be looking for any questions any of the fans might have out there. Right, absolutely. We're going to take uh, your questions hey, when we come back. If you have any, you can call in. You can talk to Lance at 360-8255. That's uh, 888-360-8255 if you're out of the Memphis market. You can text us at 67129, or you can tweet at me at Cerrito or tweet at Dustin at Dustin Star. That's with two R's. If you have a question you want us to ask Lance in our next segment, the phone number again is 888 8255. We'll be back. We're going to take a quick timeout and be back with more with uh, the voice of Memphis Wrestling, Lance Russell, right here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Live from Memphis, Tennessee, it's Memphis Sport Live. Now, here's your host, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. By golly, we're having a, a fun day here on MSL. We're being joined by Lance Russell. He's rejoining us. What's going on, Lance? You back with us? Man, I used to enjoy it. I know that food has got to be aged and doing good. It was great when I was there. And that's the truth. It used to be one of my very favorite of all 
restaurants anywhere, anytime. Great place. All right, a Grisani endorsement from uh, Lance Russell. Uh, we're about to get to the phone calls. We still have a couple open phone lines, but they have lit up almost every phone line. He's got somebody on hold right now. 360-8255 if you want to talk with the legendary voice of Memphis Wrestling, Lance Russell, joining us live on the show right now. 888-360-8255. Again, you can tweet me at Cerrito or tweet Dustin at Dustin Star or text us at 67129 if you got a question for Lance. We'll get into those questions in a minute, but we've been having fun this morning. Yeah. Now, um, don't don't get mad at us, uh, Lance, but we've been taking banana nose selfies here in studio. <laughs> and then on Thursday on MemphisSport.com, I post a throwback Thursday featuring Jimmy Hart singing his song, Lance Russell's Nose. So you have to give us the story. Who came oh, up? Oh, you dog. Who came <laughs> up with uh, the banana nose? Like, how did that originate? Well, that was a pure Lawlerism. I figured. For a fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who else would be that smart aleck to do something <laughs> like that? Hey, listen, I was a pretty big guy at that time. I don't mean physically. I mean in the position that I was oh, in yeah. right there. And here's this, here's this punk that uh, was out drawing around with pictures on the paper and <laughs> And all that kind of stuff, and then acting like he was bigger than me. What is this? I mean, Jerry was the man. Then <laughs> there was there was an instance where where Lance Russell dressed like Jerry Lawler, and Jerry Lawler dressed like Lance oh. Russell, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen with Lance Russell pushing Jerry Lawler around, calling him banana nose. Uh, <laughs> is that on YouTube? I bel- I couldn't find it. It's really hard to find. No, that was a Christmas show. As a matter of fact, and we had uh, several things that we did on that show that were kind of unique. Bill Dundee's daughter was introduced there as she popped up out of a Christmas basket and and all of that, just for instance. And and Jerry and I did this. Uh, uh, Dave and I were sitting at the desk, and we said, "Now, what would you like to do if you if you were having your druthers and." And, and so I went off into a dream sequence, and this was all. Now you you got to realize the way this stuff was put together. I mean, it was seat of the pants and the whole thing, and we had so much fun doing it. But by the time we had already done an hour and a half show for television that day, and came back and started doing the Christmas material uh, to be taped and all, and 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 run later, and uh, we got doing it. And Lawler and I got laughing <laughs> backstage when we were changing clothes, and he was going to put on my coat. Well, you know, yeah, right. He, he could hardly get one arm in, much less did anything else. <laughs> and uh, it just—it was a riot. It absolutely was more fun. And that's the thing that I want to tell you: when <laughs> we worked, we worked hard. And I mean, when they fought, they fought hard. And when we laughed, we laughed exactly the same way. We had a lot of fun doing it, and that's the reason why Memphis is so unique as compared to any other place that I ever worked. I worked in some interesting places, and can you imagine how my mouth dropped open? Here was a little country boy, as we always say, up in Boston, and I went and I saw that parkade floor in Madison Square Garden, and I sat up there. And I thought, holy mackerel, look at this place, Boston Gardens. And there I was sitting in, getting ready to broadcast from it. And uh, it was just it was just a big thrill. That's the way that one is. Okay. All right. How, how often do you go back? You, talk, you mentioned YouTube. Do you watch all the old clips of Memphis Wrestling on YouTube? Because it's kind of a blessing and a curse that there's so many on there. Because once you start watching, like your night's over. Like you're just going to keep yeah. watching Memphis clips over and over and over. How often do you watch stuff on YouTube? Yeah, I'm a real ham. I watch as often as <laughs> no, I would say probably, uh, probably on the basis of at least four to five times a week. I'll go by and see if there's anything new. Because they do have some other things besides wrestling on there, oh, in yeah. case you hadn't noticed. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great Memphis wrestling site, really is to me. But are there yeah. any favorite Memphis wrestling videos that are on YouTube you think people should check out? Well, the one that that was uh, uh, slapped me in the mouth so hard I couldn't believe it. A guy asked me one time uh, in, in some program and said this stuff, uh, weren't you worried about getting hit? I said, well, not a whole lot. I was pretty agile on my feet, but in addition to that, 
I figured they were protecting a guy maybe who was broadcasting it, so I wasn't going to get, I didn't have to worry about it too much. Well, how about the time when that guy came running out there and, and, and jumped and knocked you down on the floor? I said, oh, no, that never happened. Uh-uh, that didn't happen. The guy said, what do you mean it never happened? I just saw it on YouTube. I said, get out of here. And I rushed to go find YouTube and see if I could. And sure enough, the dream machine was the one. I, I You can't imagine how your mind would protect you by letting you forget those things. But I, I just really... And when Bill Dundee slapped me in the face, I thought, well, the audacity, nobody would dare slap the host of the show right there on television. Oh, man. Bam! A superstar. Ah, <laughs> superstar can do it, too. <laughs> and he did it. And there it was. And they had it the other day. I saw it about a 30-second clip on there, but that's kind of interesting when you can't argue with that kind of evidence, that's for sure. All right, Lance, we, we are an interactive show, and so we're going to go to the phone lines right now. 360-8255 is the phone number, 888-360-8255 if you're out of the Memphis area. We're going to uh, take some calls. We're going to go first to Dave. Dave, you're on MSL with Lance Russell. Hey, Lance. Yeah, uh, hey. I just want to tell you guys, I think that the great thing about... This doesn't the only... sound like Dave Brown. <laughs> Dave Brown? Yeah, it's not Dave Brown. No, but <laughs> the, old, the old days... Versus now, the the way you were the perfect straight man for all the great talkers we had back in the day, and now everything is so homogenized and pre-written and pre-recorded, with or pre-rehearsed. I mean, were those were those always just off-the-cuff moments with guys like you know Valiant and Idol and Funk, or did those guys practice that stuff any, or did they tell you what they were going to say? Well, it always kind of a shock to you. And what no, I got to tell you, they they had to practice it because you don't get. Of course, Lawler was the exception. He was a guy who just was born with that flapping mouth, and he could talk it and tell it. And I mean to tell you, there's nobody been exactly like him. Bill Dundee, when he came in here from Australia with George Barnes, he was he was one of the great spectacles to see them stand out there and hit each other with uh, chest chops and all before the matches started. I thought they were going to kill each other, and uh, and 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 then. He couldn't say a word to make it come out right, but by golly, I'll tell you, he worked at it and practiced it and all that and got where he was an amazing talker, and you've seen some outstanding interviews. Yeah, it was, it was, but it's not practiced, and we didn't have it practiced, and people won't believe this, so I don't know why I bother to say it, but no, <laughs> we, we, we had no interest in any of that because it took the edge of it off, if we were sitting here and and had worked on this and worked on this, it 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 isn't like it is doing a movie. I mean, this is live and direct uh, when it's being uh, well, it's being taped. That's an interesting thing. But it it it's it, true. We felt like that it just we were on top of the game a lot better, and things happened just like when Joel Duke cut his arm open with that with that oh that was great northwood <laughs> thing oh man and that the blood great. started coming out let me tell you i almost had a heart attack right then and there and uh that wasn't the only time yeah it was it was happening and what happened was was ad-libbed and all everybody had an idea of what maybe this guy was going to be a smart aleck and do something like that, and then you just let it fly, and it, that's that's the way it went, and it worked better for us that way than any way. Well, also, too, they didn't overkill things. Like, when you threatened to hit Tojo that time with a hammer, you didn't have your announcer. The announcer was never involved. So the, so the, five, the five people in Memphis who weren't watching all got a phone call and say, turn on your TV, Lance Russell was about to beat up Tojo Yamamoto with a hammer, you know? So, I mean, it was that was unexpected. It wasn't like it happened every three weeks. And you see yeah. the announcer getting involved. It was something that was so out of the ordinary. It, it shocked the guy that watched it every you know Saturday, right before the Lone Ranger. So I mean, it was well, the uh, <laughs> it's, stuff happened that was totally unexpected. That's why you you know yeah, you know yeah, you that's, guys that's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I had no idea that that. And I in, in retrospect, uh, I I thought, well, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I mean, his dojo. <laughs> he was. 
you never knew exactly what he was going to say. And, he, and yet here he was, the most gracious guy in the world sometimes when you talk to him, but you never knew what kind of mood that he was going to be in. And that's why Tojo was was something to see because you never really knew exactly how it was going to come off. And uh, I was afraid that if I'd have thought about it, I'm sure I would have had better sense to do it. And <laughs> Uh, it did happen, though, so that's the way it went. All right, We're th- here to talk about th- it. It's an, honor, it's an honor talking to you, Lance. Take care. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it, Dave. All right, thanks, David. Uh, we're going to go to our next caller, Lance, if you are ready. James, you're on with Lance Russell. Gentlemen, What's how up? are you this fine Saturday afternoon? What's on your mind? Lance, Lance Russell. i got to tell you, man, this is a trip down memory lane, dude. <laughs> my my, let, my let late little brother go. and I. Used to wake up every Saturday morning, and there'd be that Heisman Trophy-looking wrestling trophy on Channel 13, and uh, 2001 Space Odyssey theme song would come on the TV, and we knew it was time to go wrestling. Seems to me I've heard something about that before. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. and you know Memphis. Speaking of music, Memphis was the city that originated the music introductions for wrestlers coming to the ring. As a matter of fact, you are absolutely true, and the first one was done by who else but the king, Jerry yeah, Lawler. Oh, back then, he was a bad guy. Yeah. Jackie Fargo was the man. Yes, he was. He, Every he, time he got to sign out his brother Roughhouse from that insane asylum, the, it was standing room only at the old Miss House Coliseum. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Nuthouse, not Roughhouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that, depending on who you talk to, I guess. I think yeah, the late yeah. Sam Bass used to call it Nuthouse. Oh, yeah. Sam and, Bass. Uh, Lance, I know you got a lot of callers. I just want to get in one more quick note. This is a, this is a cross-sports note here. I was sitting right behind you in the Mid-South Coliseum. You were, standing at the, you were sitting at that table with that big gold bell you used to ring. Yep. The night... That afternoon, Memphis State had been named number one in the country. And that night, you announced that Virginia Tech had beaten Memphis State in Blacksburg 69 to 56, and 11,000 people just went quiet. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never forgot that. That, what that was, a, a, that, what that a, was moment. a moment in local sports history. Well, we'll uh, we know there's going to. There's going to be a bunch in store for us here one of these well, days. Lance, yeah. I, I know you got other callers. I'll let you go. But, man, people, the sports fans in Memphis love you, Lance. Good to see you're enjoying your retirement. And uh, one day, maybe our paths will cross again. You're a legend here, and you deserve it. Thank you oh so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you, James. That sincerely. Uh, James brought up uh, the Mid-South Coliseum, and it got me thinking, look, what, what do you do on Monday nights now? Lance, what do you do every Monday night? <laughs> he watches well, Raw. <laughs> I, uh, I'm out gazing at the stars, I think, <laughs> think, thinking back to the good old days, back when I used to have more fun than uh, law allows, as a matter of fact, and some of it wasn't so much fun. But by and large, I was the most blessed guy in the world because I had a lot of good people to work with, and on the other hand, I had a lot more of them that wanted to enjoy it along with me, so I really, I really do feel right. very blessed. We'll go back to the we'll go back to the phone lines in just a moment. Had a couple of more questions. What do you think should happen with with the Mid South Coliseum? Oh well, now listen, I I, I see that uh, I joined I joined I, I checked like and I was all for it, <laughs> and and I just hope there's some way they can do it. But I, all I know is that the, with the way the laws and the restrictions. Uh, one time in between, we talked about using the Coliseum uh, for a match that was going to happen with Hulk Hogan and Jerry Lawler, which never did come off, as a matter of fact. And uh, and and we talked in, about using the Coliseum. See, but the regulations were so tough on what the Coliseum had to have in terms of things for handicapped people and all that the cost of putting the thing up to uh what their code was uh was just impossible so i don't know whether we're going to be able to beat the system or not now, turning it turning it into a wrestling hall of fame do you think like an actual brick and mortar building that people across the world could visit as a wrestling hall of fame you think that would draw people wow there's an idea you better believe it because the you know the thing 
People say, well, Memphis is not that big. The heck they're not. I went on broadcast all across this country, and I'm telling you for a fact, on local radio stations in Las Vegas, and I remember one time, and the first guy that picked up the phone that when I got on there to, to talk and answer a question, he was saying, uh, hey, mate, I'm down here in Australia. And I said, what? We don't run in Australia. Are you kidding? <laughs> and, and, but the thing that I was not aware of was how big Memphis was in, in terms of uh, wrestling fans from around the world that traded for Memphis tapes. Right. And, and, and I mentioned a minute while ago, the Boston Gardens up there. I'm sitting there. Uh, this was like two hours before we had our match with WCW coming up in the Boston Gardens. And I and I saw these people milling around, and all of a sudden I said, Hey, Lance! And I said, What? You must be from down in Mississippi or somewhere. And they said, No, right here in Boston. <laughs> and, and the thing about it was there were people who traded tapes and watched Memphis wrestling up there. So would it work for a Hall of Fame? Hey, very well could be, because there's no place that is distinguished as Memphis is when it comes to the reputation in wrestling. Well, you, so, mentioned, you, you mentioned the Hall of Fame, and this is something yes. that Kevin and I have, have talked about numerous times, and it's pretty much the talk of the town is Lance Russell needs to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. Have you been contacted by them? <laughs> no. When is this going to happen? It has to happen. We need to well, make it happen. you know, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, when, you, when you hear the politicians say it, it's one thing, but you hear me say, well, it's all politics. Hey, it's Vince McMahon's Hall of Fame. <laughs> so if he don't want you in it, then you ain't getting in it. So I don't know. I think Vince has done a lot more for the business than a lot of, and a lot of wrestlers will tell you that he's the first time when Vince became so strong and all that they started making the kind of money that they should have been making. And, uh, so, uh, I don't know what what all that's going to happen, and would I like to be yeah, sure? Who wouldn't like to have that on there? I'm in another one, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. And and uh, so I'm I'm very proud of that because Dave Meltzer probably is the single greatest authority about it, and and uh, well, next to Mark James, who lives in Memphis, right. as a matter of fact, I know Mark, and has written a lot of outstanding books and. And uh, so uh, the point is, yes, I would love to, but <laughs> of the course. chance of it happening, uh, I don't know. Who can tell? When the force of the Memphis people get behind it and convinces the world, I'm all for it, too. <laughs> I, I Either think, way, you are a Hall of Famer to us. Yes, I think it will happen one day. It's got, it has to happen one day. <laughs> Bless your heart. Right, we're gonna I go, hope I'm still around. We're going to go back to the phones uh, for a minute. Brian, Brian, you're on MSO with Lance Russell. Uh, yeah, Lance, how you doing, sir? Hey, Brian. What's uh, on your mind? You, you may not remember me, but I met you years ago. My wife and I met you years ago on a cruise to the Panama Canal. We were sitting at a table at dinner. I'm from Collierville, Tennessee, by the way. I look across the uh, table, and there Lance Russell is with his lovely wife. And it, it was just an honor to be able to sit there and have dinner well, with you that night. Uh, don't know I wonder whatever that. happened to you, Brian. We had all these plans of getting together somehow back here in Memphis, and it just never happened. Unfortunately, I lost my beautiful lady, uh, and and she's not here with her, but she would. Uh, baby, I know you're listening. <laughs> this is what happened to Brian. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, she I'll was be, a lovely yes, lady. I remember so, I mean, this is no, I'm not woofing with you. I'm telling you the truth. I remember <laughs> Just like it was yesterday, and oh, it, uh, it was so and, much fun. And I, I appreciate the time you well, spent with us your from your heart. taking time oh, off your vacation. You're you and your wife are truly good people, and you, sir, are true gentlemen. We even I, we actually ran into each other at the airport on our way home, and you were talking about Joe LaDuke earlier when we were at the airport on our way back uh, from our cruise, uh, uh -huh. we had that conversation about uh, Joe LaDuke and what a shock that was when he cut his arm. But Lance, <laughs> it, I, I just wanted to say it was so great to 
hear you again. I'm just so glad I had 56 on my radio dial and found out that you were in town. I'm so sorry to hear about your wife passing away. Truly lovely lady, and you guys are the best people in the world. Thank you for all you've done for Memphis. Bless your heart, Brian. I appreciate it, and tell tell all of your family hello from me, and, and I'm glad. I honestly am tickled to death to know that it really happened and that I didn't did, dreamed it. I thought, <laughs> what are the chances uh, you're out in the middle of water on a boat like that, and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, I know you. And well, the it, funny, it, the, the, it was the funny great. thing is I almost didn't recognize you because we had some kind of special dinner that night. We all had to wear these goofy yes. hats. And I looked across, <laughs> and I That's thought, true. I know this man. He, he, I know him. I asked him to take his hat off, and sure enough, the first thing I said was, my God, Lance Russell. So. <laughs> hey, listen. And, uh, <laughs> It was such a thrill to run into somebody from Memphis, and particularly somebody who ever heard of Lance Russell. So, uh, believe me, a lot of people uh, have heard of you, Lance Brian, Russell so all much. over. Brian, I'm going to let you go. I know you've got some more callers, but but uh, I'm sorry to hear about your lovely wife. You have my condolences, and God bless you, Lance. Thank you very much, Brian. It's a, it's a pleasure to have talked with you and been with you. All right. Thank you, Brian. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Thank you. All right, uh, Lance Russell is joining us uh, for a few more minutes. It's it's almost it's flying by faster, uh, Lance, than we talked about it. What? Hey, yesterday. can we get that extra hour by any chance? <laughs> oh, we may have to. We're gonna, we're gonna have to do this again. That's for sure. But yeah. uh, the text line is six seven one two nine. We do have some texts from people. One, they want to know how old is Lance now. You're gonna share your age with everybody. Eighty eight years old. Yeah, I hinted at that earlier. That. Cannot yeah. tell. You sound exactly like you're you're on there in, in eighty eight. Uh, the year. Uh, Thank you. We have another texter who wants to know who's the best heel, Lawler, Gilbert, or Dundee. Oh, that's tough. Oh, that is tough. I mean, you 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 talking about some very very good ones. I I you know uh, it, it's good a friend as I was when when Eddie Gilbert was growing up. His dad, uh, Tommy. And and I, I I knew he and Dougie when they were just young, just like Lawler, even younger than when I when I knew Lawler first, and and I uh, got to know Bill Dundee, and is a very good friend of mine. I hope he considers it that, and uh, and 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 of course the King. What what's to say? The King is the King, and I uh, I passed. <laughs> okay. Uh, one one thing we uh, just I know we 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 wanted to talk about before we let you go is because there's still some people in Memphis. Uh, me and Dustin both are people who grew up on Memphis wrestling, and the people who have not grown up on Memphis wrestling their whole life. Is, is there a way for you to explain what wrestling meant to people in Memphis and how it connected with the community and how it how it was the pro sport in this city? Well, it it, uh, it uh, and I guess the best way I think to do it guys is to is to say this what else with a flavor like like has lasted the way memphis wrestling had and get stronger with people you heard brian talking about seeing me out there on a on a on a ship well who in the world whatever i don't know if anything has lasted like wrestling has because it thrills so many people it not only had Laughter involved with it. It had terror involved with it. It had roughhouse and stuff that a lot of it and never should never have been seen like that. But it was and all. But uh, I just I just think because of the well-rounded entertainment that it provided, it uh, it may not be what somebody's cup of tea, but for most of the world, they'd be thrilled over it, and uh, that's the way I feel about it. Well, coming up on September 18th at Minglewood Hall in Memphis, we have a, a show coming up at Memphis Wrestling. Memphis Wildfire Wrestling, Long Live the King. Um, I know you'll be visiting Memphis sometime in September. Are you going to be around for the show and maybe stop in and say hello? Well, I don't know how that's going to work. It's, uh, we've got some family things that I, I don't get up here that often, and and I, I will be up here, but I don't know that. I just don't know how that's going to work yet. Okay. I can't even answer to that. As it stands right now, uh, pr- 
previous engagements have me busy, my boy. <laughs> well, you know we'd all love to see you. I appreciate that, guys, and I would like very much to see it and be there, you know, to help the king celebrate because uh, one of my favorite people. So, Lance, we'll, uh, Lance we appreciate you uh, uh, hanging out with us here for for almost an hour uh, on this Saturday. It's, it's a pleasure to talk to you, not only on a Saturday, oh yeah, but uh, just in general and catching up and, and getting to hear a bunch of uh, these old stories and stuff. And we, I, I'm serious, we've got to do it again soon. Uh, we'll work it out in your schedule, and we'll have you back on and give people more chance to call in uh, and, and talk to you as well. Well, I would certainly. I love that. I, nothing. When I do a show, there's nothing that I love better than having the people come in and ask and talk about what they want to talk about. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. Well, I appreciate it so much. Dustin, good luck to you and your career. And, thank you. Uh, Kevin, uh, I, I, we haven't met uh, except over the telephone. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And, guys, can, uh, can you sign off? You good can, luck to you. Can you sign off in Lance Russell fashion for us? Until next week, when we'll be come back with you again, Dave Brown and Lance Russell on Championship Wrestling saying bye bye, everybody. All right, thank you, Lance. Bye bye. Right, that is perfect. Uh, Lance Russell, legendary uh, former uh, Memphis wrestling announcer, the voice of Memphis wrestling the to voice. this day. We still had. Fifteen more questions, oh my at gosh. least, that we wanted to ask them. We Goosebumps, oodles, oodles of questions that we still could ask. So I'm serious. I mean, we want to have them back on. But uh, we, sounds great. Next week's kind of a bonus Saturday for us. There's five Saturdays in the month of August. So Dustin, you're going to be back with us next week. You've got another wrestling yes. guest book. All right. So here, you want to hear who it is? Yeah, who is it? So next week, you know, this week we had Lance Russell, Memphis legend. Next week we are going to have the evil genius of professional wrestling, known worldwide. Jim Cornette. And there's no telling what Jim Cornette Woo! is going to say in here. All right, so so James E. Cornette, the guy with the tennis racket, some of you uh, might oh, yeah. remember him as, uh, will be our guest next week. Dustin will join us. We're going to be live at the Chickasaw Golf Course, right, Johnny Radio? Next Saturday, it's the Three Shades of Blue Golf Tournament, I believe. That is, is it Chick- at Chickasaw? Cherokee, I thought. Cherokee, where's that at? Yeah, I, might I don't even know. I, I got to find out. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> but there's well, Three Shades of Blue. The the folks uh, Three Shades of Blue are having a golf tournament next week. They'll be doing their show live uh, from there. Hard Bastion will be Cherokee. live from there. Cherokee, where is that at? Mississippi. Oh, we're going to Mississippi. All right. There we go. Well, I have I our have first a... show ever from Mississippi. I know, Johnny, you don't like that. You're not a Mississippi fan. Nah, that's all. Right. I like Ole Miss and Sorority Row. All right, we've turned them around. What's well, up, a couple of things. Tomorrow, you know, there's the I Love Memphis birthday party. Oh, yeah, we got to tell everybody about that. I'm the, of course, download the I Love Memphis podcast, subscribe on iTunes, and the party, come see us tomorrow. I'll yeah. be there. Maria and I will be there. We will have Memphis Wildfire Wrestling tickets for September 18th. Also, Maria returns next week with the Maria SEC will, gossip. Maria will be here with some college football gossip. And then be sure to see us on Local 24 with Lauren and Yvette. That's going to be on Thursday the 21st. Oh, that's and my, then, my old show, Local Memphis Live. Yes, and then next Sunday, Maria and I will be emceeing Health and Fitness Night at AutoZone Park. It's the last home game of the year, so come watch the Redbirds and get some push-ups in while you're there. All right, I want to thank our guests. Thanks, Kevin Leip and Lance Russell for joining us. Thank you, Dustin. Yes, for sir. Johnny Radio, CJ Hurt, and Marcus Hunter, I'm Kevin Cerrito. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.